we welcome you now to a true church perspective with Pastor G. Craig Lewis. Provoke to wrath. Wrath and revenge go hand in hand. When we harbor wrath, it's very difficult to turn the other cheek when people have done us wrong. When you harbor wrath and anger, you can't turn the other cheek. The minute someone does you wrong, you're ready to pounce. You're ready to act up, and then you might as well get ready for your long apology. See, that's my thing. I don't like that long apology part. I'd rather just think about it before I say it so I won't have to regret it. You know what I'm saying? I'd rather just take my time. And I told a man Wednesday, if you're mad, give it a couple of days. Just give it a couple of days. Your feelings hurt, just give it a couple of days before you act on it. Because once you calm down and your adrenaline settles down, you're going to see, you know, I probably don't need to say that. Probably don't need to do that because my wife and kids, they all here. Something dumb might happen. So I'm going to chill out. Well, it's hard to do that when you're harboring wrath. When you've been pro- provoked to wrath by your father. Your mother, I tell y'all that all the time in here. Your mother, the Bible didn't say women provoke not your children to wrath because a woman can't provoke her child to wrath. Just because of her nourishment and her being a nourisher, the child is always forgiven toward their mother. Amen. You can be a crackhead mama, leave your kid on the street. Child still going to call you mama. But that father, wrath builds up in a child when the father's not right. So you can't turn the other cheek. Matthew 5 and 39 says, I say unto you that you resist not evil, but whatsoever shall smite thee on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. Meaning that you don't take anger like if somebody's angry at you or whatever, you don't get angry at them. You just turn the other cheek. When we have been provoked by wrath or provoked to wrath by our father's lack of guidance or presence in our lives, then we struggle with what? Trust in others. Lord, have mercy. This is the detriment of most relationships right here. Trusting others. Proverbs 19 and 19. A man of great wrath will have to take his punishment. Oh, I hope ABC and everybody in here, especially fathers, hear this next part. For if you get him out of trouble, a man of great wrath, man with issues with his daddy, keep lashing out. You're going to have to keep getting him out of trouble. If he doesn't deal with himself, this is saying he's going to have to take his punishment. Leave him alone. Let him do what? Take his punishment. Because if you get him out of trouble, guess what you're going to have to do? You have to do it again and again and again. Because it's wrath built up in him. I'm preaching. Wrath causes us to feel the need to be self-advocates. That's somebody that's always defending themselves. Always in defense of what they did. Always trying to show you. Okay, here's what, here's what I did. I did this and this is this. See, I didn't do this. Self-advocate. We become our own defense, judge, and jury as a means to protect us from those that seek to harm us. That's a self-advocate. Somebody that's always on the defense. When you deal with wrath, you make bad decisions. Well, after you make the bad decisions, you got to defend yourself. Bottom line. Does that make sense? A wrathful person blows up. You know, you use these athletes. 
You know, when was the last year and Des Bryant and guys like that, uh, Michael Irvin, Lord have mercy. They do something dumb, and then next time you see them, they're in defense of themselves. Well, I, you know, I grew up in this way, and this and this happened, and this, and, you know, and, and they're like, man, this hasn't happened a hundred times. They have a hundred excuses. They're always a self-advocate. Yeah, it's the wrath trap. And they do it as a means to protect them because they feel everybody's out to get them. person that's dealing with wrath. You grow up with distrust, that's what your father is in the home for. Your father's in the home to make you comfortable with leadership, authority, and know, some, know someone has your back. Know that someone in authority is an advocate for you. That teaches you how Jesus Christ is an advocate for us. Does that make sense? Yeah. So you know someone is in your corner. Remember when you were young and you used to have that conversation with somebody whose daddy was the strongest? My daddy's a professional wrestler. Oh, yeah, well, my daddy was on TV last night. You didn't see him? Just lying. But you're building your daddy up because your dad is your authority and your advocate. But when you don't have that, you got to do it yourself. You got to make it up. You got to be that, that defense. Amen. That's why a lot of single women, it's hard for them to get married. Because they're their own defense, judge, and jury. And you see everything wrong with every man. Everything. Pick the man apart, slice him, and dice him. So he was a good man. Well, he's not now. <laughs> Turn him down. Yeah. Because they're a self-advocate. Dealing with wrath. Distrust. First John 2 and 1. My little children, these things I write unto you that you sin not. If any man sin, we have a what? With the Father. Who is our advocate? Jesus Christ the what? Jesus Christ the righteous. That's our advocate. We're not our advocate. We should not. And that goes back to selfish ambition. We shouldn't have to toot our own horn and tell everybody what we're capable of. But that's somebody that has dealt with wrath as well. They didn't get validation from their father. So they have to pump themselves up when they talk to you. And that's annoying. That's just straight annoying for them to tell. I, man, I asked you how you was doing. I didn't ask you how fast you could run. <laughs> Why are you telling me that? And this wrath spirit leads to what? Negative. What? Eyes. Negative eyes. Negative eyes. Harboring anger will always cause us to seek revenge and restitution. I need to pay you back, and I need you to pay me back. That's restitution. <laughs> so not only do I want payback, but I need you to pay me back too. That's harboring anger. Revenge. I'm going to get you back. But the Bible is clear. When we are angry, we should not sin, but forgive what? Why do we forgive quickly? Because the longer it goes on, the worse that situation is going to get. Started off, you was just mad because of one thing he said. Now, it's everything he said. He's no good. He's the devil. His mama is the devil. You know what else I saw? I saw it in a dream. I heard it in a vision. God showed me the dog barked it. And then after a while, oh, yeah, yeah. And all his family's like that. Yeah. Yeah. 
by the time you get done, all black people are evil. Started out with one thing somebody said that made you mad. Now the whole, every, everything he ever said is bad. We do that to preachers too, and that's the sad thing. You get mad at a preacher, you, his whole ministry is, is jacked now. Even, you even got saved to him. Well, I guess I wasn't saved. I got to get saved again. Because he's a phony. I mean, just, everything, you just blow it out. That's why you got to forgive what? Quickly. What? Quickly. Forgive quickly because if it festers, if it builds, then it's only going to take roots. Then it's going to become a part of you. Ephesians 4 and 26, be ye angry and what? Say not. Let not the sun go down upon your what? Wrath. Wrath. That means don't let a day pass and you still mad about the same thing. Amen. And that upsets folks about me. Really, that upsets them about me because I can be like, oh, man, okay, I'm sorry, my bad. It's, you know, it's squash. And it could really be squash. And I'm like, that's it? I mean, I just feel like I need you to do something else. That's too easy. Dude, I've got to move on. I have a life. I have a family. I can't be sitting up here mad at you. i got children. You know what I'm saying? And people don't like that. That's too easy. No, I'm not going to let you off that, that easy. But bro, you're going to have to because I ain't thinking about you. <laughs> because I'm not letting the sun go down. I'm not going to be up all night with, a, with my heart beating fast. I'm going to let it go. Amen. 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 When we hold on to anger. <laughs> we will eventually become what? Cynical. Cynical. Any single woman in here. Any single woman that I've talked to one on one. The word for the day is what? Cynical. What is cynicism? It's believing that people are motivated by self-interest. Because that's what you saw growing up. Distrustful of human sincerity or integrity. Yeah. So I have you coming to me. Hey, this brother asked me for my phone. I'm a pastor and I just want to know. I said, oh, yeah, he's a good brother. His breath stink. <laughs> so does yours. I'm glad you mentioned that. It's like he's a good brother. He's too bow-legged. Cynicism. You ain't gonna ever get a man. Because you done got to the age where you can pick one apart now. You and your distrust. And I tell y'all, y'all know I told you, go get the dictionary. And there's a word I want you to look up. Didn't I tell you? Yes. Here's a word. It's called cynical. Just look up that word. Read all the definitions. There's about five of them. Because that's a spirit that comes. See, when you, when you 18, 19, in that age group, cynicism is not there because you haven't tasted independence. Okay? So because you haven't tasted independence, you and when you connect and marry around that age, you grow together. Without independence, knowing that you can go back, always go back to what you had before. You don't want that because you don't have nothing. But once you get out there and get yours, then in the back of your mind, you can always go back. Now, I can do bad by myself. See? So now you got an option. Motivated by self-interest. Man, I could teach this in here, but let me finish. 
cynicism, cynical. Ephesians 4.31. Let all bitterness, wrath, and anger, and clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. Negative eyes. Just negative. Negative because you are negative about your own life. Yes, you are. See, because the first thing, the thing that provokes a person to wrath because their father is misplaced or not where he's supposed to be, the thing that really provokes them to, to wrath is blame because they feel like something went wrong in the house that had to do with them. Daddy didn't want to take care of me because I was born. I got in his way of, I got in his way of, Whatever he was planning to be or whatever. And you have that feeling about it or even abusive fathers or whatever it is. A lot of times we blame ourselves and that causes bitterness and these things to set up. Then when it's time for us to make decisions, we make wrathful, vengeful decisions or we have negative eyes. We don't ever see the positive. We don't ever see what things could be. We always find the negative things that they are. Prolonged anger and unforgiveness can eventually cause a person to give up on trust and love. Give up on trust and love because of prolonged anger. This puts them in position where they are not satisfied with apologies or attempts for reconciliation <laughs> because they no longer trust the motives of people. You can apologize all you want. You can try to reconcile. It's not going to help because they've harbored anger and unforgiveness too long. Luke says, take heed to yourself. If thy brother trespass against thee, rebuke him. And if he repents, do what? Forgive him. him. When you forgive somebody, you you, you can't keep bringing it up. Amen. Men and women in relationships. If you forgive them, why are you still talking about it? If it's over, shouldn't it be over? Why are you still mad? It's easier to forgive a person and have mercy on them when we are in right alignment with God. So when we go to God, when we know we're in right alignment with God, we have a relationship with God, it's easy to forgive a person. Amen. Because we want him to forgive us. Proverbs 3 and 3. Let not mercy and truth forsake thee. Bind them about thy neck. Write them upon the table of thy what? Mercy. Mercy. Yeah, we have to have mercy. When we retain unforgiveness, we hold on to hurt. This births wrath and causes us to seek revenge instead of us allowing God to take vengeance for us. Proverbs 24 and 29. Say not, I will do so to him as he hath done to me. I will render to the man according to his work. He said, don't say that. No, you're not going to do it back to him. You're not going to repay him for his work. You're going to let God handle it. Do you know what it really means to let God handle it? And I'm going to tell you, folks would be better off dealing with humans. Because when God repays it, yeah, it's going to get you. It's going to get you and you're going to feel real bad. We must forgive to be aligned with God. And once we are aligned with him, we can be reconciled to those who have previously hurt us. 
This will cause vengeance to be in the right hands. Whose hands? God's hands. Summary. This is a good summary, y'all. Missing fathers, deadbeat dads, divorce, neglect, blame, abuse, etc. All birth what? Wrath and children. You want to birth wrath in your children, all of these things, no matter how they happen, sometimes the neglect, you may be military and just couldn't be at the house, okay? You have a job and just couldn't be there. You wanted to, but you couldn't. You tried to Skype in place or uh, or internet chat or whatever, but you're just not there. So you can make the excuses. You may have a good excuse, but it's still going to lead to wrath in the children. You see what I'm saying? Divorce may not even been your fault. You may have got left by your spouse. It's not going to change it. Wrath. You can't pray that away. It's a consequence. Deadbeat, missing, whatever. Always comes from the father when the father's not there. When women tear down men because of their hurt, it will lead to what? Wrath in their children. Yeah. So when she put her spin on it. Yeah, your daddy's this and your daddy's that and try to use you to get back at the daddy. It's going to lead to wrath. Child going to grow up cynical. This wrath causes individuals to lash out when they are angered and usually make bad decisions based on their anger. I surprise men sometimes because the way they come at me, you know, they'll come at me, you know, in a in a weird way, a negative way, or like they charge me up, and I just flat out ask them, where's your daddy? Huh? So where's your daddy? And most of the time, I don't know. So what's your relationship like with him? I don't know. I ain't got one. And I'm trying to show them that's why you're acting like this. You're charging me up because you're not used to authority. You're not used to God even sending a man to you and you can hear him and hear him out. Unless you're the man that God is using, you don't know how to receive it. Because you and your daddy don't talk. Instead of resolving issues in a godly manner, and see that, and I did a series called, a series of blogs called Jezebel's Finest Hour. Anybody remember those? Some, some good ones too. And I said in one of them, you haven't even seen Jezebel until you see Jezebel in a man. When the spirit of Jezebel is in a man, that's the meanest, nastiest, confusing mess you'll ever see. Because the Jezebel will take the leadership ability of the man and lead people astray. See, the woman can cause some mess. Her spirit can cause some junk. But if that spirit is in a man, he's able to lead people into junk. By twisting this word. Changing this word. Switching the motive. Yeah. And when I see that spirit, I haven't seen it often, but when I see that operating in a man, it's a mess. Yeah. And if you're weak, you think it's God. If you're weak. Some of y'all grew up in a church like that. The pastor had the spirit of Jezebel. 
Amen. And he only had it because he was mad at his daddy. Can I keep preaching in here? Instead of resolving issues in a godly manner, wrath will seek vengeance and desire to take people down because of what they have done. Wrath will even celebrate the punishment or calamity of those that angered the individual and satisfy the desire for revenge in many cases. But because our bodies were not created to harbor unforgiveness, anger, and revenge, these issues will usually cause our bodies to what? Break down. down. A lot of folks are sick right now because of their harboring anger, wrath, and unforgiveness. Dying young, bodies breaking down. Even when women are pregnant and you carry these issues. A lot of kids are born autistic. Babies born, asthma, just different issues because the mom is harboring unforgiveness and wrath while the baby is being formed. See, y'all got to get the pharmacos. I don't know why we try to separate the natural and the spiritual when it's convenient for us. It's all together. So these folks develop, some, some men die before their time because they never could forgive someone or they were angry or hurt. And it just comes upon you all of a sudden. A lot of this cancer and just a lot of these unexplainable things have to do with the way we're processing hurt, unforgiveness and wrath. Yeah. Somebody said, well, I mean, it, it has more to do with eating. Yeah, but a lot of people eat the way they eat because of these things. Yeah, they're searching for pleasure chemicals in dangerous food to make them feel better about their existence because they're harboring something negative. Can I keep preaching in here? This is not God's plan for any of his children. Even though we may have had a rough Upbringing, we must not allow wrath to settle in our hearts and minds. We must pray to God what? Consistently. That our actions are not plagued with wrath, revenge, and unforgiveness, but that we can move past the hurt and pain and truly what? The protector role that we assume for ourselves because it was missing in our lives must be relinquished. And given to God. I'm going to say that again. The protector role. Single men and single women. You've been your own protection. Because you lack that at home. With a father or whatever. That protector role you have to give to God. Then you got to trust God with it. You got to let God be your protection. Because if you keep governing your life. By what you can see. You're going to look up one day. And your life's going to be jacked. You need God. Someone that can see past what you can see. You'll never trust a man. You'll never trust a woman until you let God do it. Unless you give God that role, you're going to be just like you are. It's hard to do because you didn't have the example of it. You didn't grow up seeing it. You didn't grow up seeing the man handle things and protect you. So you took on the protector role. 
Well, you have to give that to God and let God protect you because he knows what's best for you. Your decisions aren't good. Don't wait till you're 40 and figure that out. We must allow God to be our protector, provider, and priest when our earthly father fails us. We must allow God to be our judge and jury and no longer take matters into our own hands. God's vengeance is based on his view of the situation and not ours. So when God takes revenge, he knows how to revenge a situation based on who he's dealing with. You don't know them, so you can't take revenge. You can't get them back. Because you don't know them. You don't know the entire scope of who they are and what's going on with them. God does. So when God goes to pay them back or or get them back, God is going to find some kind of way to try to win them in the process. You see what I'm saying? You can't do that. Your anger is just anger. Your wrath is just wrath. I'm just going to get them back. No. Our view has been compromised because of what we lack. Therefore, we're not allowed to seek revenge on those that hurt us. Did you hear that? Our view has been compromised because of what we lack. Therefore, we're not allowed to seek revenge on those that hurt us. The same punishment we desire for others, we will eventually deserve for some of our actions. So we should forgive the way we desire to be forgiven. Romans 12 and 17. Recompense to no man evil for evil. Provide things honest in the sight of all men. If it be possible, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath, for it is written, vengeance is mine. I will repay, say the Lord. Therefore, if thine enemy hunger, feed him. If he be thirst, give him drink. For in so doing, thou shalt heap coals of fire on his head. Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with what? Good. With good. Got to change things in 2014. Got to end this wrath path. End this wrath path. Everyone bow your heads. Spirit of wrath is very strange because most of the time it can't be spotted until you're mad. You don't recognize it until you're upset or somebody does something to you or a situation jumps off. But like right now, it's hard to see. You're like, man, I'm not dealing with wrath. You know, you, you don't feel like you are because you're not mad. I guarantee you, if you look at the perimeters of your life and how you grew up and the things you grew up under and what happened and all of that, you can just add it up. Really. Just add the situation up. And you can figure it out that there's some wrath in there. And I need to get it out. Well, today's the day to change things in 2014. I'm going to pray against the spirit of wrath in you, operating through you, causing you to be cynical, causing you to distrust, causing you to have negative eyes. All of these things that we talked about today. If you feel like that spirit has been working in you in any kind of way to do any of these things, I want you to stand up. And we're going to trust God for just straight up deliverance. Yeah, just look at your situation. How did you grow up? How did you get here? What happened? And you know. Yeah, yeah, I know. Fly off the handle sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Get a little mad here and there. Understand. 
you know, it's just a spirit. God has come to break that spirit this morning out of everyone that wants it out. It's just going to break it. It's going to break it. The key to breaking and dealing with any curse is first having knowledge of it. When you know how a curse operates, the curse is upset. The curse did not want you to find out what it's doing. It didn't want you to find out how it's operating. It didn't want you to look at your situation to find out how it got in there. It didn't want you to do any of the assessments that you made today through this message. That's what makes the messages at ABC so potent. Because they go straight up against the enemy's plan. That's why he wants you out of here. That's why he wants you angry at someone in here. That's why he wants to motivate you to stop looking at you. Because when you get this, this kind of information, you're responsible for it. You're able to change things. You're able to do things different if you know that you were doing it wrong. That's the beauty of information. That's why the Bible says my people perish for lack of knowledge. But right after that, it said, because you have rejected. That means the knowledge was there. And you rejected it. He said, because you rejected knowledge, guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to reject you, and I'm going to reject your children. I don't want to be rejected. I'd rather deal with it now. You know, wrath makes men homosexual, makes women lesbian. It makes you change your identity. It makes you, it's wrath. Wrath is doing all this stuff. Because some father... Along the line, made a bad decision. That's why the word says, fathers, provoke not your children to wrath. Put your heads bowed. Father God, I thank you, Lord. Thank you for this message. Thank you for these, your people. Thank you for these sheep. Thank you for ABC and an opportunity and a platform to preach truth the way it is preached here, uncut, unedited. God, I thank you, Lord. Thank you for those that will come hear it, those that it affects, even hurts to hear, but they still persevere to get truth that will change their lives. I thank you, Lord. And God, we thank you, Father God, because we are living in a time where so much dysfunction is in our home. So much dysfunction. So many broken marriages. So many deadbeat dads. So many missing fathers. So much has gone wrong in this society as this society has systematically taken the man out of the home through media, through news, through the workforce, through just any means. Planned Parenthood, through abortion, through whatever. They've been able to disable the man in this society because they know that you left the man in charge and you made the man the head and they know you cut off the head the body dies and they've been doing it for many many years even when we weren't aware of it the enemy knew from the garden of Eden he knew if the woman took of the fruit and took authority over the man and gave him to eat it would change things forever But God, we're going to stand firm on your creation role. We're going to stand firm on the way you made it. We're going to stand firm and believe that you made the man 
You took his name, Adam, and you called the man and the woman, Adam, and you blessed them. And God, we want that same model here. So even if our fathers weren't there, even if our fathers did a poor job, even if our fathers were missing, even if our fathers were abusive, neglected us, whatever, God, we're going to get things right for the next generation. We're going to make sure that that doesn't happen to our children. We're going to make sure that we're there for our children. We're going to make sure that things change. And even those of us that have been hurt and provoked to wrath by these situations, God, we're not going to let this wrath stop your plan for us. We're not going to let this wrath stop the husband you have, the wife you have, the relationship you have. We're not going to let this wrath destroy and create a cycle of what happened to us happening again. But Father God, we're going to stand up and we speak against the spirit of wrath right now that it will not operate in our lives any longer. It will not operate in our lives. We take authority over it. By the authority you've given me, even in this house, I speak against that spirit that it will not cause bad decisions that change generations. It will not cause bad decisions that change the course of lives. Snatch people from truth. God, we speak against it right now. And I pray right now, God, that you would deliver each and every one that is standing here, that they will not be victims of wrath. But Father God, they will be able to love and trust by putting their love and trust in you first. And those of you that are standing, just lift your hands up. And Father God, we just give ourselves to you. We make you our protector, our provider, our priest. We give ourselves to you right now. We make you our judge and our jury. We give you authority to guide our lives right now. Our decisions have been horrible. And we don't want to make another one without you. You guide us. In Jesus' name we pray. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You've been listening to a true church perspective from G. Craig Lewis, founder of EX Ministries and pastor of Adamant Believers Council in Grand Prairie, Texas. If this message has been a blessing to you and you would like to be a financial blessing to us, please send your donation to EX Ministries, P.O. Box 24870, Fort Worth, Texas 76124, or donate online at www.exministries.com.